It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This podcast contains graphic content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. True North True Crime is produced on the territories of the Coast Salish people. Well, you know, this last year, honestly, I feel that I'm not living. I exist. Things I used to do, I don't do. I go to work. I come home. I don't go anywhere. I mean, I walk my dogs. Like my daughter's going away on March 9th to Cuba. She wanted me to go. I can't go to Cuba because I'm in limbo. What if I were to go to Cuba and there was a break in Devin's case? I can't go. Like, I can't go anywhere. I don't like to be in a crowd. I don't like when people approach me to ask me, you know, are there updates? Like, I just can't, I just don't want people to come and ask me. It just makes my anxiety, like, really high. You know, in the days that I'm not working, I spend my days walking through woods looking for death. In the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, a 16-year-old boy has been missing for over a year. On the evening of February 24, 2022, he was seen in the company of a group of adults in their 20s. Technology has been able to trace his last known whereabouts to a home in Spryfield on February 25, 2022. But the other people in the home in Spryfield have given inconsistent accounts for both evenings. Why was this group of adults hanging out with a 16-year-old? And could this small group of adults hold the key to his whereabouts? Tonight, we present the disappearance of Devin Sinclair Marsman. And you are listening to True North True Crime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to True North True Crime. Thanks for joining us. If you're new here, we are an independent Canadian podcast made up of a two-person team creating these episodes from start to finish with the goal of bringing awareness to missing people and victims of violent crime. We do prioritize cases like the one you're going to be hearing today that come directly to us from family members or close contacts. So if you need some help getting the word out about a case, please contact us at truenorthtruecrime at gmail.com. If you are looking for more True North True Crime, we do have a Patreon. 
It has early release, ad-free content, and bonus content for $5 a month. You can find out more about that by going to patreon.com slash tntcpod. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode. In this episode, we are talking about the February 2022 disappearance of 16-year-old Devin Marsman. Devin was last seen in the Spryfield area of Halifax, Nova Scotia on February 25th, 2022. There has been no banking or social media activity since that day. Devin is described as an African Nova Scotian youth, about 5 feet tall and 100 pounds, with blue-green eyes and short dark hair. Devin was last seen wearing a gray Champion brand crewneck sweatshirt, distressed jeans, and all-white Nike Air Force One sneakers. Devin's case has been added to the province's Rewards for Major Unsolved Crimes program, which offers up to $150,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible. All calls with information to 1-888-710-9099 are recorded, and those who come forward need to provide their name and contact information. And as a note, they may need to be called to testify in court. However, if you wish to remain anonymous and not claim the reward, you can call Crime Stoppers. But again, there is up to a $150,000 reward in this case that is a large sum of money. We put this episode together using publicly available news articles. We also spoke with Lisa, who is one of the admins for the Devin Sinclair Marsman Missing Group, which is on Facebook. We spoke with Teresa, who is Devin's mother, through a Zoom interview. We will be using audio clips from that Zoom interview with Teresa in this episode. We are grateful that she has trusted us with Devin's story. As an additional content warning, this case does deal with the disappearance of a minor. So for this episode, we are heading all the way over to the East Coast as this case takes place in Halifax, Nova Scotia. For those unaware, Halifax is the capital city of the province of Nova Scotia with a population of about 450,000 people. Halifax is the economic center of the Atlantic provinces with huge economic drivers like the Department of National Defense and the Port of Halifax as well as universities. Halifax is a relatively safe city. They did have a bit of a crime spike in the early 2000s. However, that seemed to drop quite a bit for the last two decades, but there has recently been another uptick in crime in general from 2019 to 2022. And this is something we are seeing all over Canada. Devin Sinclair Marsman was born on October 7th, 2005. He lived at home with his mom, Teresa, his dad, Richie, and his older sister, Shay Lynn. He also has an older half-brother and two older half-sisters. His family lives in the west end of Halifax and is quite a close-knit family with his aunt living next door. All of Devin's friends live in the same neighborhood, and he has known most of them since his early school days. Apparently, this area is also uh, locally referred to as the pubs. Here is Teresa talking a little bit about Devin's childhood. Well, Devin was great as a kid. I mean, he never got into trouble. I mean, he was very respectful. You know, as a kid, like, you know, we never stayed home like rainy days. We'd be at playgrounds and outings and 
summertime, you know, we would go to Moncton, to Crystal Palace. Sometimes we drive. Sometimes I would take them on the train. Every year I took them on a vacation. I let them pick where they wanted to go. There was usually when we went to do things on the outside, there was always friends with us. You know, everybody wanted to lug a friend, right? By all accounts from family, friends, adults, and kids, Devin is funny, likes to play jokes, he's sometimes stubborn, and if he gets something in his head, he's going to do it. However, he's polite and friendly, and always has a smile. During their search for Devin, his family have spoken to hundreds of people to find out information about Devin, and not one person has said a bad thing about him. He loves playing basketball, riding bikes, scooters, and swimming. Despite having no fear while out adventuring, Devin gets carsick, so he's not a big fan of car trips. He is known to be a super fussy eater, and that was one area he would not budge on. He likes french fries, bacon, fruit, potato chips, and not a whole lot else. Devin was diagnosed with dyslexia, which has made school somewhat challenging for him. However, he never had what would be considered behavioral issues. Instead, there were challenges with focus, which is sometimes brought on by dyslexia. He attended St. Catherine's Elementary School and then went on to Citadel High School. Like many students across the world, these school closures in response to the pandemic had some unintended outcomes. For some students, the online schooling and subsequent return to school has led to learning loss and a general disinterest in school. We asked Teresa if the pandemic negatively impacted Devin in regards to his schooling. Of course, yeah, I do think so, because I mean, when he was going to school, he had a routine, right? And then once COVID came and he had to do things online, he wasn't doing things online like he should have been doing online. Even though I would ask him, you know, are you doing your work? Yes, I'm doing my work. But I knew he wasn't being on there and being honest. So it was just like a playtime. Unfortunately for Devin, about midway through his 2021-2022 school year, he had, for lack of a better term, checked out of school. Well, going into school, you know, like he... uh, with, he had dyslexia. He got diagnosed with dyslexia in grade nine, I think, or grade eight. So school for him was a struggle. You know, I mean, he continued to go to school, but then he wasn't paying attention with the classes. So they figured if he wasn't going to, he was going, but not doing the work. You know, he was too proud to ask for help. I offered to get him tutors. He didn't want me to get him tutors. And then after, it was just after Christmas, you know, he's like, mom, if you could call the school, like, I'll pull my socks up. Like, I'll really try. Like, he really wanted to get back in. But I think the school really didn't want to give him a chance because they figure, you know what, you wasted that much time. Like, are you really going to settle in and do the work? After Christmas, he didn't return back to school. Then he spent most of his time, you know, like watching movies, playing his game, going in the evenings over to the basketball court with some friends. But other than that, he was like a really good kid and he never got into trouble. After the Christmas break in 2021, Devin didn't return to school and he became a bit of a homebody. Meanwhile, Teresa and Richie worked their full-time jobs and did their best to support Devin in his decisions. Teresa was really familiar with the group of friends that Devin hung out with. But what she wasn't aware of was that Devin had recently started hanging out with a second group of people. This was made up of some adult men and women in their sort of in the 19 year old to in their early 20s kind of age group. Now we're going to talk more about that group of people later in the episode. We're going to move into the timeline around the time of Devin's disappearance. 
So on the morning of Thursday, February 24th, 2022, Teresa woke to go to work. She saw Devin at home in bed and then left for the hair salon where she works. Later that day, around 1 p.m., Devin went to a phone repair shop with his sister. However, the shop was closed. Devin then went to a friend's home where he hung out with five or six other male juveniles. Eventually, he left that friend's home on his own. When Teresa returned from work, Devin was not at home. She attempted to phone him and text him several times, but he did not answer. The next day, February 25th, Teresa again tried to get a hold of Devin, but there was no answer. She found this odd as this was not like Devin. But there was one occasion in the previous summer where Devin stayed with friends without telling Teresa, and this lasted approximately three days. At that time, Teresa found him and his friends at a local McDonald's, and she brought him home that night. With that in mind, Teresa was concerned, but she also hoped that he would just come home or call after possibly staying out with friends. Then, on February 25th, Teresa continues to contact friends and family members. She also messages Devin at 8.24 p.m. and again at 10.15 p.m. with no answer. It's important to note here that on February 25th, 2022, there was a massive snowstorm that shut down all of Halifax. On February 26th, the family, as well as friends, continued to look for Devin on foot as well as in cars. Richie, Devin's father, was knocking on doors and talking to family as well as neighbors. Then, for the next several days, the family continued to call and text Devin. They search all of Halifax for him and remain in contact with friends as well as extended family. Then, on March 4th, police are notified by Teresa that Devin is a missing person. I reported a missing, I think it was like four or five days after, because like I say, I just kept reaching out to friends, texting, calling, driving around the neighborhood. And when I got zero, I called and reported in this. So it was during these first few days that Teresa began to get somewhat of a clearer timeline into what happened to Devin in, uh, the, on February 24th and February 25th. And one of those details kind of shocked Teresa. It turns out that in October of 2021, Devin had started hanging out with an older and distant cousin named Trayton Marsman. At the time, Trayton was 24 years old and living on Gala Court in the Spryfield area of Halifax. We will get into some other details about uh, Trayton and his relationship with uh, Devin later in the episode, but let's just get back to the timeline. We know that at 1 p.m. on February 24th, Devin goes to the phone repair shop with his sister and it's closed. And then Devin hangs out with a group of about five or six similarly aged males. Then he leaves that group of friends and this was sort of in the early evening. Now from what we understand and what Teresa has learned, he met up with 24-year-old Trayton Marsman and another man who we will call Gigi as we are unsure of Gigi's age at the time of Devin's disappearance, so we're just going to go ahead and not use his actual name. But we do know that Gigi was a friend of Devin's for several years and was closer in age to Devin. So Trayton, Devin, and Gigi went to an apartment in Clayton Park. While at the apartment, Devin was seen by several witnesses with his cousin Trayton. According to the witnesses, Trayton was at the apartment to hand over a sum of money to a woman who was also there. There were about three other adult witnesses present at this apartment, including the resident and two women. Now, of course, witness statements vary. 
Uh, some say that Devin appeared withdrawn and quiet with his hands in his pockets, while others say that he was acting totally normal. Apparently, Devin, Trayton, and Gigi remained at the apartment for roughly 5 to 10 minutes, and this was reported to be at some point between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. on the evening of February 24th. Now, the three of them then left the Clayton Park apartment and returned to Trayton's rented home at 17 Gala Court in Spryfield. It's unclear what happens next as Trayton's story has changed several times. So here's Teresa with what she has learned over the last year. Right. So that Thursday, I would have worked that day. And when I left for work, he was in bed. So that night, he didn't come home. I texted and I called. I texted and I called with no answer. Then I found out the following day that that Thursday night, he was actually at an apartment in Clayton Park. I found out that, I'll say names, I found out that Trayton and Devin, they went to this apartment, which is Thompson's house. Um, why they went there, I was told that they went there because Trayton had to give a girl money. So they went to drop this money off. And then after that, he just said the three of them left together. But then all the, the stories just start changing after that, because after that, Devin's father had reached out to Trayton and his first story was he wasn't with Devin at all. But then when he learned that we knew he was at Clayton Park, then his story was we were there. But when we left, we went our own ways. Then his story changed again. It went when we left there, we went back to my house, which is Spryfield. He said that when he, they, he went to sleep, he woke up. He said Devin was gone. But then another story. So. Trayton's father's sister had called and he had told her a story that they went back to his house. They played video games. They wrestled and they went to a neighbor's down the street. I mean, why so many stories? And first of all, he doesn't have a neighbor on his street that he's friends with, you know, and there has not been one time whatsoever that he has called my house. Anyone in his family, like his mother, his father, would anyone to say, you know, have you even found Devin or have you heard from Devin? There's been like nothing. So as Teresa just said, Trayton has offered multiple stories. In one version, Devin was not at his home. In another, Devin was there and then left. Then in what seems like his final story, Trayton states that Devin was at his home. And then when Trayton woke up in the morning time, uh, Devin was no longer there. This would be on the morning of February 25th. But the uh, the PlayStation in Trayton's home uh, was on, indicating that maybe Devin had been playing on it through the night. He then goes on to say that he did not see Devin at all for the rest of the day on February 25th, and that Devin was not at his home at any time throughout February 25th. But it turns out that this was not true either. Investigators with the Halifax Police Service have discovered audio from a taxi company recording of Devin ordering taxis away from the Gallicourt residence and then back to it. Both of these calls and both of these visits, like uh, leaving and then coming back to Gallicourt, were on February 25th, the day that Trayton says that Devin was not there. So here's Teresa with what she knows about the taxi audio calls. Right. So I was playing taxi audio from the police 
That was Devin's voice. And he had called a taxi to 17 Gala Court. That was 1230 at noon. That taxi took Devin to Romans Avenue. Where he went on Romans Avenue, I have no idea because I live like just off of Romans. But then that night at 7 p.m., Devin called a taxi. That taxi met Devin at the basketball court and took him back to 17 Gallicourt. I asked Holly, which is one of the tech detectives, I asked her, are you 100% sure that that was Devin in that taxi going to back to Trayton's at 17 Gallicourt? She told me 100% confirmed and never seen again. But now, yeah, and if this taxi took him back there at 7 p.m., where is he? You know, and if Devin would have left with someone else, if a car, say, just say a car pulled up in Triton's driveway, I mean, it was February, it was a snowstorm. Triton would have to know if Devin did leave Gallicourt, he would have to know who Devin left. If a car pulled in his driveway, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way he doesn't know. Let's clarify this timeline a little with regards to the taxi audio. On February 25th at 12.30 p.m., Devin orders a taxi to take him from 17 Gala Court in Spryfield to the Romans Avenue basketball courts near where Devin and his mother live. Now, this could indicate that Devin spent the night on February 24th at Trayton's home. Then, at 7 p.m. on February 25th, Devin calls another taxi to take him from the basketball courts on Romans Avenue back to 17 Gallicourt in Spryfield, which is Trayton's home. According to the police, the taxi driver watched Devin enter the home on Gallicourt. According to the audio recordings, Devin didn't use his real name on the call. He also ordered the taxi through an app on an iPad rather than on his own personal phone. Teresa has heard this audio and positively identified the voice as being her son, Devin. So based on this timeline, the last cooperating witness to see 16-year-old Devin Marsman was a taxi driver who has confirmed that Devin walked into 17 Gala Court shortly after 7 p.m. on February 25th, 2022. No one has seen Devin or communicated with him since this sighting. There has been no social media activity or bank activity on any of his accounts. So what happened to Devin Marsman? We're now going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we return, we will go through what we know about the investigation and the searches for Devin. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Before the break, we outlined the disappearance of 16-year-old Devin Marsman. Devin has now been missing for over a year, and we should add that Devin was not properly dressed for the winter weather that Halifax was experiencing at the time. He did not pack a bag or bring any items he would need to be away from home for any extended period of time. Devin was last seen entering a home at 17 Gallicourt in the Spryfield area of Halifax on February 25, 2022. This was the home of his cousin, Trayton Marsman. Now, Trayton has given conflicting accounts of when he last saw Devin. He has stated that Devin was with him on the evening of February 24th, but that Devin has not been in his home since. This has proved to be untrue, with the recent revelations that Devin ordered a taxi to Trayton's home at 17 Gallicourt, and that a taxi driver saw Devin enter the home on February 25th. Before we move on, we want to be very clear here that we are not stating that Trayton bears any responsibility for Devin's disappearance, but we believe he may have vital information that could help this investigation, information that he may not have shared yet. Now, Trayton is referred to as Devin's cousin, but this may lead people to believe that they were close or familial. Um, They were not. Trayton is a distant cousin. It was described to us that Trayton's grandfather is Devin's father's brother. Teresa did not know that Devin, who again is 16, was hanging out with Trayton, who is 24. Teresa expressed her feelings to us about how she felt about Devin hanging out with Trayton. But as far as Trayton, I had no idea whatsoever that Devin went around Trayton at all until Devin disappeared. And then I started hearing rumors you know, like, oh, um, I knew Devin was hanging out with Trayton, you know, and if I would have known Devin was hanging out with Trayton, I could have stopped it. I wouldn't be looking for my son. But not one time did I ever feel he was hanging with Trayton. Every time Devin would go out, I would ask him, like, where are you going? He'd say, oh, I'm just going to my friend's house. He told me he had a friend that was in Spryfield that lived by, uh, I think it was No Frills, never to mention the name and never did I ever think it was Trayton. I mean, Devin was 16. Trayton's 24. Like, why is Devin hanging in Trayton's house anyway? Why would Teresa be so concerned that Devin was hanging out with Trayton? There is a substantial age difference, but sure, sometimes 24-year-old cousins hang out with their 16-year-old cousins. Well, a simple Google search reveals some troubling information. A man with his same description and using the exact same name has been arrested and charged with multiple crimes in Nova Scotia. In December of 2018, he was arrested alongside another man after a traffic stop. He was at that time charged with obstructing a peace officer. During this traffic stop, a firearm was discharged by his co-accused and tossed into some bushes. In this case, there was some kind of altercation with law enforcement in which a gun went off. And this was not the RCMP member's gun. 
Then in January of 2019, Trayton was identified by the RCMP as one of the suspects in a violent assault in a Dartmouth nightclub. He eventually was charged with assault and breach of conditions. His name appears on the Nova Scotia RCMP Facebook page in relation to this case. Then in May of 2022, a Trayton Marsman was stopped by the Gun and Gang Task Force. Upon inspection of the vehicle, law enforcement found a loaded gun. Trayton, along with a 22-year-old woman, were charged with the following. Careless handling of a firearm. Possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose. Carrying a concealed firearm. Unauthorized possession of a firearm. Possession of a firearm knowing its possession is unauthorized. Unauthorized possession in a motor vehicle and possession of a restricted firearm with ammunition. In addition, Trayton faced charges of failing to comply with a court order and two more counts of possessing a firearm or ammunition contrary to a court order. So essentially, he was not supposed to have firearms uh, for a probationary reason and still had them. So we have more anecdotal evidence of other charges that have been sent to us, but we won't at this point be including those in this episode. We will just say that based on these articles, there is a history of interactions with law enforcement, and some of them are violent in nature or revolve around gun possession. The investigation into Devin's disappearance has been challenging for Teresa. She has strong feelings that the original investigators did not take this case seriously at first. More specifically, they did not suspect foul play. Instead, law enforcement pursued lines of inquiry similar to what they would for a runaway or someone who had gone intentionally missing. Time dragged on with little to no movement in this case. Investigators were navigating uncooperative witnesses as well as conflicting testimonies which we've heard about earlier. This has led to some tension between Teresa and law enforcement. However, a change of investigators has led to a renewed confidence in the investigation. During the first six months of the investigation, the house on Gallicourt was not searched. During this time, Trayton moved out of the house on Gallicourt, and new tenants have since taken over the home. This put the idea of finding forensic evidence at the residence at a disadvantage. Or did it? Six months after Devin went missing, Halifax Police Service did a forensic search of the residence on Gallicourt. Teresa was asked to submit familial DNA for matching purposes. Teresa believes that this was a turning point in the investigation. Here's Teresa with more. You know, they waited too long to search Gallicourt. They wait, that's where Trayton lived at the time. Like they waited way too long. They actually probably waited like six months or so before they searched that house. But by that time, Trayton was already left from there and he was on house arrest at his parents in Lakeside. So if there were anything in that house, I don't know, because there were more residents that were living in that house. And that's when they searched that house. I know myself and Devin's father, we did go for DNA testing. I've been asking, so I asked quite a few times if anything had came back in that search. And every time, you know, there was nothing, nothing, nothing. And then about a month ago, I brought it up again and I got a phone call and they said, Something came back in that search. I don't know what came back in that search, but she can't tell me because now it's called hold information. So is my son's DNA in there? I have no idea. Through the course of the forensic search of Gallicourt, investigators may have uncovered new evidence. 
This may have changed the course of the investigation. And then after nine months of Devin being missing, that's when they deemed it suspicious. First, they deemed a criminal deemed suspicious after nine months. But it seems like it was after that search on Gala that it actually turned criminal. So did they find something in that house that led it to turn criminal? I have no idea. This search is what we believe led to a major shift in how Devin's case is now being pursued. Because in November of 2022, Devin's case was added to Nova Scotia's Rewards for Major Unsolved Crimes program. The following is from a CTV News article from reporter Alex McIsaac. Quote, The Nova Scotia government is offering up to $150,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for the disappearance of Devin Sinclair Marsman. The 16-year-old was last seen on February 24th and reported missing to the police on March 4th. Halifax Regional Police initially said they had no reason to suspect foul play in the teen's disappearance. However, in an October news release, the force said it believed Marsman's disappearance was suspicious and there were people who had information about the missing teen who had not spoken to investigators. The province reiterated that people may have information that could result in Marsman being found. Quote, we urge anyone with information about this missing teenager to reach out to the rewards program. So clearly something has shifted in a major way in this case. Something was uncovered and the net is getting tighter for anyone who is involved in Devin's disappearance. Obviously, investigators need to keep some information closer to their chest, but the tenor of the investigation has shifted from a simple missing person case to what is now considered to be a major criminal investigation. Now, there are only so many pieces in this case. We know who Devin was with, and we know where he was. The questions that remain are where he is now and who is responsible for him being wherever it is he is now. During the year that Teresa has been searching for answers for what happened to her son, Devin, she has been supported by a very engaged community that gathers online in the Facebook group called Devin Sinclair Marsman Missing. Teresa and the community have organized searches, poster drives, vigils, protests, and marches. They have done everything they can to find Devin and to keep his name in the media spotlight. We asked Teresa how our listeners can help. Well, listeners that hear this, I need them to spread Devin's posters if they can go on like Devin's site. If if you Google Devin Mersman, like his site will come up. There are posters on there that you can download. I mean, just to keep his name out there. I mean, I crisscross Nova Scotia myself and put posters from, I mean, I've been to Cape Breton, to New Brunswick, to the Valley, anywhere that I could go in my car, I've been. I've had people take posters to like Ottawa, like Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary. I have posters everywhere. Like, I mean, going to New Brunswick, going across the border, like in the bathroom, I have Devin's posters taped up in there. I just need people to spread the awareness and watch everywhere. And even in like different like news, like news articles, like, you know, like Metro News or Calgary News, almost frequently, probably weekly, 
I put his picture and his story, you know, Devin Marsman missing from Halifax, Nova Scotia. If you see him, contact police immediately. I keep putting that in everything, just hoping that one person would see him. You know, but the thing is, he has not been on social media. He's not, like, used his bank account whatsoever. It's like from that day, February the 25th, from 17 Gallicourt, it's like he's completely vanished. Somebody knows where my son is. You know, I just need somebody to tell me, you know. If you hear this episode and you feel moved to help, please share articles about Devin or share this episode. You can also join the Devin Sinclair Marsman Missing Group on Facebook. We will link that in our show notes as well as our social media pages. We asked Teresa if she had a message for those who may be responsible for Devin going missing or for those who may be holding back information. And here's what she had to say. Yeah, if you're holding information and you're responsible for Devin's disappearance, I mean, they will get found out eventually. But the only thing is, I don't care about them whatsoever. The only thing that I want is to find my son. Like, I just want to find my son. I don't care about their illegal activity. I don't care about anything about them whatsoever. I'm not close with Trayton. I've never been close with Trayton. He's never hung out at my house. And like I said, I've never even knew that my son went around trait. I always knew he was bad news. So I would have never, ever allowed my son to hang out with him at all. You know, and I just I just wish that whoever does know. I mean, obviously, people know because there's too many stories that change. They all know something like they all know whoever was at Trayton's house that night. Like, I have no idea. And the stories that I've been told, like. I've been told so many stories. I've been told, you know, they sold Devin into trafficking. I was told they were all at Trayton's house, you know, a gun accident went, uh, a gun accidentally went off. Devin got shot. And like I said to the detectives, if Devin was at Trayton's house and a gun went off, and if it was an accident, wouldn't they have called the wouldn't they have called the police? You know, did they just toss him away like garbage? You know? I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. I just need somebody to give me a clue. Like, put a note in my mailbox. Like, I don't even know. Like, put a note on my car. You know, just tell me where I can go to find them. Because honestly, I have no idea. And the detectives must be getting things too, because they tell me they're searching as much as I'm searching. But when I ask, what areas have you already searched? They can't tell me that either. So am I searching the same areas that's been searched? I don't know. If you have any information, we hope that you do the right thing. Now is the time to talk. Now is the time to help a mother and a family that are suffering. Devin Marsman was last seen in the Spryfield area of Halifax, Nova Scotia on February 25th, 2022. There has been no bank or social media activity since that day. Devin is described as an African Nova Scotian youth, about 5 feet tall and 100 pounds. He has blue-green eyes and short, dark hair. Devin was last seen wearing a gray Champion brand crew neck sweatshirt, distressed jeans, and all-white Nike Air Force One sneakers. Devin's case has been added to the province's Rewards for Major Unsolved Crimes program, which offers up to $150,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible. All calls to 1-888-710-9090 
are recorded and those who come forward need to provide their name and contact information and may be called to testify in court. If you wish to remain anonymous, you can call Crime Stoppers, but again, there is up to a $150,000 reward in this case, and that's a large sum of money. Before we end this episode, we asked Teresa if she wanted to add anything else about Devin or who he is as a person. She shared with us a story that meant a lot to her. I want people to know about Devin that he's the most kind, loving, grateful child there is. I mean, I'll tell you a little story. I took him to Cuba and he knows I don't like to fly. So my daughter and her older sister, they were going to go out on a catamaran. Devin didn't want to go. He wanted to stay back at the hotel. He wanted to play archery. So I said, okay, we'll play cards for a while because we had to wait till the afternoon for archery and we'll go play archery. Devin laid there and he looked at, this is the kind of kid he is. Devin laid there and he looked at me. He said, you know what, mom? I said, what? He said, I'm going to cry. He said, on the way home, we're going to be fine. And I said, why do you say that? He goes, because last night I prayed. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of kid Devin is, right? Like, he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Like, he would watch a movie and he would come downstairs and say, Mom, I just watched a movie. I want you to watch it. And I'm like, oh, Devin, I don't want to watch it. He would put a blanket on me and he'd say, well, I'm going to put it on for you anyway. Or he'd order food and he'd say, Mom, are you hungry? I'd say, no, but he'd buy me something anyway. You know, it's just like he, you know, I do hair and I used to like, man- well, I manage a hair salon now too, but I used to work full time. And after I had Devin, he was, you know, I went to three days a week, so that way there I have more time to spend with them and take them places. So you know what? Devin is a great kid, like very, all of my kids are good kids, you know? And like I said to the detectives early on, I said, you know what? The only thing Devin's guilty of is thinking these boys were his friends and he trusted them. Other than that, he's guilty of nothing because Devin is so naive and shy and quiet and he doesn't deserve to be missing at all. We would like to thank Teresa, Devin's family, and Devin's community for trusting us with this story. We hope this episode helps in the awareness campaign and that answers come soon. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you as always for joining us. We will be back soon with a new episode. So until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.